0: Welcome to Mansana, a motion for mental health. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Laura. This is a podcast dedicated to reducing mental health stigma
1: in the legal profession. Okay, first and foremost, we are not mental health professionals. We're here to share our experience, but we can't give you medical advice. If you're
0: experiencing a crisis, please reach out to a local or national resource. You can reach the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or find additional mental health resources on the ABA website.
1: Hey, everyone. We are super excited to be doing this episode because it's the holiday season. It is my personal favorite holiday season of the whole year. I don't know what holidays you all celebrate. I celebrate Christmas. It's been my favorite holiday for most of my life. Hope you liked our intro song. Hopefully, (laughs) Mariah Carey doesn't sue us uh, when we get really big. I just love that we're like both attorneys and we're playing
0: Mariah Carey. I know. It's fine. I know. Guys, don't tell Mariah. Honest. Also, don't Please. hate us. I
1: feel like some people have a love-hate relationship with that song. I personally love it. If you hate it, I apologize. It's still <laughs> catchy. You can't deny it's catchiness. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's, it's fine. It's also just very representative of this season, this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how was your Thanksgiving? Um, My Thanksgiving was amazing. Good. I told you all I'd follow up on my happy pill from last week. Mm-hmm. And... It was great. Everything was very relaxing. We did some nighttime walks on the beach, some early morning walks on the beach. It's a nice routine. Well, when I say early morning, I mean like 11. I slept in (laughs) almost every day. It felt like early morning, but it probably wasn't. It's very early. Um, And we just had a great time. My whole family was there together, and everyone was like on the same level. I feel like sometimes with holidays with your family, sometimes some people will be like, really relaxed and others are really like type A mm-hmm. or like trying to have everything be perfect and everyone was on the same level of just like being relaxed going with the flow it was great how about it's yours fortuitous. Yeah. Um,
0: it was a little bit more roller rollercoastery it was oh, yeah. overall really good it was pretty low-key which was nice because yeah. it was my first weekend home in a while um, but there were some there were some nits, but you know there were opportunities to practice some like <laughs> you know um, kind of giving myself some space to process some things and yeah. recognize how I was feeling in the moment and stuff and there were only a few of those times um which I would say is pretty good overall for a family weekend for me yeah so it good. was a success I will label it as such <laughs>
1: <laughs> good good that's awesome yeah uh well the next holiday coming up for me is Christmas mm-hmm. um is it the same for you yep So we wanted to talk to you guys about the holidays. Um, We touched on this in, I think, probably the last two episodes. We touched on it a little bit. Um, about how the holidays can be a little bit overwhelming for people. Sometimes they can be anxiety inducing depending on the relationship that you have with your family. It may be a good time of year. It may be a bad time of year for you. So we wanted to talk to you guys about like working through the holidays and spending time with your family and how to prepare yourself to go through that time, whatever that means for you.
0: Yeah. So the theme of our podcast tonight is to have a plan. Yeah. But Before we dive into that, you want to give us a little update on your mental health journey?
1: Yeah, so this new medication I'm taking for ADHD Mm -hmm. is (laughs) kind of like a miracle drug, kind of like Lexapro, Um, although I felt it much more immediately than I felt the Lexapro, but it's insane how much more organized my brain is. I always thought that everybody else was just way better at multitasking and handling different things and paying attention in school. and being on task during a conversation or just like sitting down and studying and focusing on the task at hand. But I think that I just have a deficit. (laughs) Like, I think I just naturally have an attention deficit. And I think this medication has helped me fill in that deficit. I think I texted you the first day I took it and I was like, I never knew this was possible. Yeah. Because It's not, so the medication I'm taking is called Stratera. It's different than your typical like Adderall or Vyvanse or other very stimulating drugs that people associate with ADHD. The only reason I'm trying, well, one of the only reasons I'm trying Stratera instead of those other medications because I see my psychiatrist via telemedicine, and healthcare providers cannot prescribe certain medications via telemedicine. And Adderall and Vyvanse and all those other stimulating drugs fall within that category of drugs that cannot be prescribed so via it's telemedicine. A more like
0: protected kind of class of drugs. Yeah, I think same. it has
1: to do with the fact that they're a controlled substance, mm-hmm. and I think Stratera is not. I meant to confirm that before recording this episode, and I did not do that. <laughs> um, it's something I should know that, considering I'm a healthcare attorney, and a lot of my clients practice telemedicine, but I don't. I don't typically deal with that particular issue very often. So I'm. So I tried this other category. I don't. I don't know exactly what it is again, but it's called Straterra. I'm taking the generic version. It's very expensive, but hopefully, once I find a pharmacy that's going to provide me a price I can afford. I think this is gonna be really good for me Um, the other thing is I don't have to take it every day I I have enough so that I could if I wanted to but I I don't need it as much on the weekends like I didn't really take it very much while I was with my family over Thanksgiving because there weren't really many situations where I had to be like very focused Mm -hmm. and it's fine if you do some people do Um, I'm sure that as I get more used to it I'll know better when I need to take it and when I don't Um, but for me I didn't really take it very much over the weekend and then I took it again this morning and uh and today's Monday by the way the Monday after Thanksgiving and again it was just like I felt so much more focused and I felt like I almost feel more relaxed and I think that's probably because my anxiety is reduced because I'm not like Struggling to keep my mind on task and figure out like where I am in my day I'm much more able to say like okay This is my list of to do's and it's funny because I noticed very specific instances where I was in the middle of drafting an agreement And I was like oh shoot. I have to do this other thing where Previously before I started taking this medication I would have just like jumped to that other thing and done it really quickly and tried to come back to what I was doing But instead I was able to like say wait. No, I need to fix I need to finish this and then I'll get to that other thing. So I just feel like I am mentally more organized. It's helping me be more organized in my work. It's helping me be more thorough. It's helping me be, I mean, just in general, more successful. I think my, my output is, is a higher quality now that I can focus on the work that I'm doing.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like an easier time too, if your anxiety in general is reduced. Like I know you're doing Lexapro for that in general, but it sounds like an added bonus. It's like, taking that factor of your disorganized kind of mind also not influencing anxiety yeah and like a double whammy to
1: like counteract
0: anxiety it's awesome
1: yeah I think I talked about this in the episode making time for mental health when I talked about scheduling items a big source of anxiety for me is when I have a million different things going on and I feel like I can't keep them straight in my head and I'm not like focused on what I need to be doing and this has helped me maintain that focus and reduce that source of anxiety so it's been really awesome
0: yeah that's great yeah it's cool what about you yeah
1: um I feel like
0: I haven't had many substantive mental health journey updates I kind of I didn't really search continue my search for a therapist this week um I got uh denied again because somebody wasn't taking patients like new patients which is I mean I don't know therapists fill up so I don't think it's anything that's you know targeted towards me but um yeah yeah, just kind of disappointing so I've kind of it hasn't been top of my priority list at the moment um but I still know that I need to do it it's on the priority list for sure it's just not like the main thing I'm hitting at this second but in lieu of having a more structured kind of program like that I've been trying to put in more structure for myself which which is I think a good e for effort kind of situation um (laughs) Trying to like work in more like schedule more self care things and check ins. So while I don't have like the official in my head kind of professional overall check in, like I I use this app called Sleep Cycle.
1: But like me too, really, yeah, I love Sleep Cycle. Oh my
0: gosh, I use it intermittently though. Like I'll go okay. through phases of using it for like a few weeks and I love it, and then I'll kind of I'm not honestly weirdly enough a routine oriented person. Yeah, having routines does reduce my anxiety, but. I don't know the other half of my personality that I love is being super impulsive yeah and just kind of I I don't know I call myself like free bird I'm kind of like down to do whatever whenever and the idea weirdly of having routines even though when I do routines I feel less anxiety the idea of having routines or feeling anchored to something actually gives me some anxiety like I kind of want to be able to just pick up and go whenever the idea of like being anchored to like a skincare routine or something mm-hmm. like in my head that's like boring and like an over 30 year old thing <laughs> is <laughs> I don't know it kind of freaks me out but the idea of routines like sleep cycle mm-hmm. makes me feel a little bit better because I always have my phone on me I don't yeah. have to like I'm not hauling around like things I need wherever I go mm-hmm. I think it's because I travel so frequently too that like the idea of having um like a skincare routine or anything like that also sounds like not great to me and we're going to talk a little bit about routine setting when we are traveling actually later in the episode for holiday wise but sleep cycle is if you don't know um it's an app that creepily tracks your breathing at night (laughs) um but for good so like the same in the same way that um like like a physical monitor would track your pulse or your breathing um it shows you when you're in rem sleep or when you're in lighter sleep and it really nicely wakes you up which is my favorite part yes, about it I was gonna say that yes actually that causes me less anxiety because yeah. I never bothered like to I mean I guess I could change the ringtone on my phone right but I never bothered to change like my alarm ringtone on my phone it's mm-hmm. just this like blaring it reminds me of like Pavlov's dog my yes. reaction to it like when I hear that like blaring like in nightmares Mm -hmm. you know or something and sleep cycle you get to set like a window where it wakes you up and it picks the time to wake you up in your in your lightest sleep and then it's like like a half hour window it's a half hour window and you can actually change the window too i realized the other day so you can actually tell it to set you um or to you can tell it to wake you up at the exact time that you prescribe or you can you can even set like an hour window I think Oh, okay um I was messing with it the other day but um yeah it it wakes you up in a window of time and it's this really like soothing like lullaby that gently crescendos Mm -hmm. and it's nice it it doesn't it it does cause me less anxiety so I've been like making sure I've been more regular about that because it's a really easy kind of low bar thing that I can do that yeah it doesn't give me anxiety about having some, like, substantive routine. Um, i also been doing things, like, I made I made an appointment with an OBGYN for my, like, cramp stuff. Okay. So I'm going on Friday, which I am both happy that I did that for myself. So mm-hmm. I don't have to dread it um, or dread, like, feeling that pain again. But I'm also kind of, like, low-key dreading the appointment just because, you know, I guess, like, the threat of a diagnosis or... I don't know the threat of like a medication talk like I was saying before and I've been talking with my friend who has endometriosis about it and I do feel better about it but and it kind of is what it is at this point I felt like a hint of whatever cramps I've been experiencing they were really bad the other night kind of like randomly and it kind of reminded me how bad it actually is and I was like okay I have to go like
1: I'm gonna go <laughs> so yeah it's interesting that you say that you're afraid to go to the appointment because of the potential impending diagnosis because Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a reason that a lot of people avoid going to mental health counselors or mental health providers or just getting mental health treatment because they're afraid of what they might learn about themselves they don't want to end up on medication every day I mean it was it was a factor for me it was why I avoided psychiatry to start out with because I knew that Therapy would be less structured. I wouldn't necessarily come out with a diagnosis or a strict medication routine. Um, And so, like, I, I think that's probably something we can all relate to, and it's very scary, but. I think that you will ultimately be glad that you go. Definitely, but we'll all be here for you Yay. no matter what. Self care partners, yes. etc. Yeah. Yes.
0: So I, it feels better to me. I'm not really a bury my head in the sand kind of person. So. I don't think I would be at risk of, like, canceling it, but it's crossed my mind a couple of times. It's (laughs) tempting, but... No,
1: not allowed. (laughs) Your homework this week, Laura, is to just go to your OBGYN appointment. (laughs) I think I can can do it. And then
0: I think my other um, mental health update uh, related both to, like, the substance of this podcast, it's a positive thing, is that I'm reading this really awesome book on trauma. It's called um, The Body Keeps the Score, And it's more of like an academic text um but it talks about like all the like neuropathic physiology of like the brain and it it talks a lot about like um military ptsd um but also trauma in general and it i love the science behind this stuff like um i nerd out about it all the time but this book has like combined my love of like therapy things and trauma or not even like my love my extreme interest but from like a personal like selfish way but also it's just so interesting that they can I don't know, scan, scan your brain and see like what areas are affected by your literal trauma. It's it's crazy. So it's, it's really interesting um, from like a introspective kind of means. But I'm also looking forward to like relaying some of the things I learned here on this podcast and hopefully we can bring some science about it. And yeah. we are going to bring Uh, An LCP. No, wait, I messed it up again. LPC. (laughs) (laughs) Licensed Professional Counselor. Um, Yeah, we should
1: probably do a quick like correction corner. I'd say correction corner because that's what they call it on (laughs) the podcast I listen to. But we should do a quick like shout out correction. We called your friend Lindsay. An
0: LCP or training to be an LCP.
1: I think I pretty much
0: used interchangeably throughout the show. LPC and LCP, yeah. which is not the same thing. There's licensed professional counselor and licensed clinical psychologist. Yeah. So both in the mental health space, obviously. Yep. But yeah, that's our correction corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's my mental health update.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm really excited to hear more about this book that you're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not read it, but for me, science, I think, gives me a lot of comfort in knowing that things that I'm dealing with are very real yeah. because like we talked about on the last episode, they can feel a little bit intangible, Mm -hmm. but they are real. They are tangible. There are physical effects of mental health issues, of trauma, of other mental health illness that you might be experiencing. And so I'm really excited to hear about that.
0: Yeah. At a base level, it's just validation. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to bring it, bring it through. Awesome. All right. Let's talk about the holidays. So, for me personally, the holidays are more of an exciting time. They are also very stressful because I tend to travel a lot. My partner's family is in Baltimore. My family is in upstate New York mostly. I've also got some family here in Virginia, in Williamsburg, who I lived with during law school. But for the most part, my family's in New York. So they're very far apart. We typically do. One holiday with my family and one holiday with his family. So this year we did Thanksgiving with my family and then we'll do Christmas with his family in Baltimore. So I'm very excited for all of it, but I am scheduled to be away from home for like four days in the middle of the month. And then like seven or eight days at the end of the month, I'm, I'm potentially going to be gone from home from like December 20th through New Year's. Which is awesome. I love traveling. I love going to see his family. I love that we have the means and the ability to do this whenever we want, to sort of go wherever we want to go. But all of that travel is so stressful. Mm -hmm. I mean, any of you that have traveled before, you know that feeling of, like, coming back to your bed after being away for, like, eight days. And so now that I'm so familiar with that feeling, I ahead of time start to think about the feeling of not being in my bed for those 8 days and it does sort of stress me out a little bit. Luckily my job is very mobile. I mi- I think I've mentioned before that my law firm is virtual, so I work from home all the time. Can work from wherever. So that part is easy and flexible. But in general, just like traveling is difficult. And we have a dog and she's great in the car, but it just we have to stop more often to make sure she gets out and feed her and all that. So it's exciting, but but it's definitely a stressful time for me. What yeah. about you? Lots
0: of things to manage. I make people come to me now for Thanksgiving and Christmas mostly. Oh, my God. I'm so is like, jealous of that. I love traveling, but not necessarily like to where my family is. It's, I love going home to see like old friends and old people, but like honestly, like it usually brings up a lot of like yeah. old stuff for me too. Yeah. There's,
1: you know, it's it's both. There's positives and negatives, and I and I'm sure that's common. Like yeah. bringing up, and that and I get that too. And I think that traveling is less fun when it feels like an obligation. Mm-hmm. When it's not like a fun trip that you're going on, it's like okay, I have to go do this. I have to go see these people. For me, when I go home to New York, I've got my mom's house, my dad's house. All of my different friends that I want to see. And it's typically a pretty short amount of time that I'm there. And there's always one to two people that I don't get to see that I wanted to see. I know. And then I kind of feel guilty about that. Mm -hmm. And
0: you're trying to cram in too many people into one thing. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm super looking forward to my, like, ski trip in Colorado at the end of the month. And I'm looking forward to... I don't know. I want to schedule like a big scuba diving um, vacation for myself because it's the Christmas of May. (laughs) I love um, them. To get my certification. So I'm looking forward to those trips. And it's not that I'm not looking forward to see my family. But I am happy that I'm not like driving through DC and Nova traffic around Christmas time or around Thanksgiving time or literally generally in the winter because, yeah, it's the worst. And I am quite happy to not do that to get to South Jersey.
1: So. Yeah, so I think that, and and this is, like Laura mentioned earlier, this is gonna be sort of the theme of this substantive discussion as we move into this, is, is planning and sticking to that plan as much as possible, if that's what works for you. For some people it isn't. For me, sticking to little parts of my routine that I have when I'm home are very important. So you mentioned not wanting to do your skincare routine or not wanting to be stuck to a skincare routine. For me, I've recently developed a new skincare routine and I actually love sticking to it. Okay. When I was in Europe, I stuck to it every single night and I was like really proud of myself. <laughs> like it's not easy to like just as you mentioned, yeah. it's not easy to stick to a skincare like routine it. especially when you're traveling through all these beautiful countries and you're out all the time remembering to come home and just like wash your face I have a cream that I put on and then I moisturize in the morning and just those like small steps are so important to me they just make me feel a little bit more relaxed I don't feel as much like I'm losing myself so when I go home especially to my home in New York and I have to jump from house to house seeing my mom and my dad and all my friends I often feel like there's not enough time for myself and I think keeping that skincare skincare routine is one small part of me focusing on myself, even yeah. if it's only for five minutes at night. So that's so that's one thing I like to stick to. Um, bedtimes are pretty much out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up times are pretty much out the window because it's impossible for me to plan where I'm going to be at any given time. Yeah, but so so I don't I don't stick to that routine quite as much. Um, My morning routine is really important to me, too. I have to have coffee the second I wake up. I have to, like, sit around and relax while I drink my coffee. This is every day during the week, on the weekends, no matter where I am. I just have to do it. Um, It's part of me, like, gearing up for the day, I think. And just I like to be kind of introspective in the morning. I'm not a super morning person. I don't get up and do a million things, but I will get up between like 6 and 6 30 because that's about an hour before my partner wakes up and I use that time to literally just like sit on the couch sometimes I just scroll through Instagram or Facebook read a book that I'm reading or read articles about something I'm interested in it's when I do a lot of planning for this podcast um, so keeping that part of my routine is, t- routine is also really important so I think it's just those small like nighttime routine and morning routine because most of the time my days are really out of my control. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any specific routines you stick to?
0: Yeah, I I just, I don't think that the routine thing helps me, helps keep me really. That doesn't, I think that works for a lot of people. I hear that a lot. Like the idea of uh, keeping like kind of a small part of yourself anchored, like back in you. That sounds appealing to me. I just haven't been able to, it's not that I haven't tried. I've, I mean, friends have been like, oh, why don't you like do this one thing? And I'm kind of like, I hear what you're saying. But it doesn't, yeah, I don't know. I think the idea of the idea of not being able in my head to immerse myself fully in a situation or, I don't know, like coming home at whatever hour. I mean, like you said, like bedtimes are out the window, but you're still doing your skincare routine. Yeah. I don't know. Like the idea, still to me, it just, it feels like my, I guess my thought is like I cannot be fully immersed just where I want to yeah. be if I'm, you know if two percent me is thinking or wanting to do this thing and I don't know I kind of I feel like I've always been able to chameleon about like that and kind of I don't yeah. really feel um I think the stress that I feel when I go home isn't so much related to like the busyness and shifting around and like losing routines I think it's more related to different people and personalities I encountered like w- like with people I like grew up with and stuff and I mean here's Here's a nice segue into like another part of our, you know, overall overarching plan to have for the holidays is setting boundaries with people. Yeah. I think that more for me, my mental health while traveling is more about thinking about boundaries I have for different people in my life or different situations and thinking about it before knowing what's probably maybe could potentially happen and then having a plan for what. I will do when that does happen so I'm not I don't have the anxiety of oh you know what will I do in that situation if so and so says this or one person acts this way or something um the idea of kind of pre-planning that out I think saves a lot of anxiety and I know that's something you do too
1: yeah so it's kind of funny though because I do that but I still have so much anxiety associated with it really yeah I feel like we're kind of the opposites here like Mm -hmm. I try to set boundaries, but I find that I don't often stick to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, that's why I like keeping that, that nighttime routine and that morning routine are really important because I know myself enough to know that I'm going to set those boundaries and then I'm not always going to be able to stick to them as well. Mm-hmm. And one like specific area just to give you guys some like an example of what we're talking about here. I have several family members that I don't agree with politically. I think we can all relate to this no matter (laughs) what side of the table you sit on or where along the table you sit. And there have been moments where topics get brought up and I want to see myself out of that conversation, but I don't because I'm afraid of how people will react if I do. Um, and I am a little bit disappointed in myself that there have been times where I've probably gone along with conversations that I wouldn't want to that I necessarily shouldn't have um, but I do and so I think that's part of the stress and the anxiety for me of going home is I try to set boundaries and the boundaries that I have set for myself at home I don't always stick to when I'm away yeah. and, and, and it's anxiety inducing for me for sure yeah
0: it sounds anxiety-inducing. Yeah, and I had the same. I had the same political kind of thing. I mean, also, this isn't just so. It's not really directly like my immediate family, but it's just kind of um, it's going back into, um, more small town mindsets. Like, not that um, you know, every small town is like this. I just sort of encounter. I think more maybe like people who are more sheltered, who haven't mm-hmm. maybe traveled as much, or maybe weren't exposed to, like, the awesome diversity of people we have here in Richmond yeah. and in maybe a bigger city. But, I mean, anything that gets political that's brought up, the racism, anything homophobic, yeah. I just can't. Um, so, and I feel similarly, too. And I think a lot of people feel this way that, you know, some days, or, I mean, all the time, you kind of feel how you feel. And, obviously, we're speaking as people who are, you know, obviously, like, countering something like homophobia right so like me as the gay person should probably be like hey you know that's not yeah <laughs> that's not really a proper thing to like say or like what are your thoughts behind that or or whatever but you know some days it's kind of mentally exhausting to have to constantly do that you know some days I'm kind of like not that I'll go along with it but maybe my boundary that day is like walking nonchalantly out of the room not yeah. being at the table something like that like I don't know. I don't always feel burdened. Yeah, you don't have to
1: cause a scene about it. And this is something I've kind of been working on is, is quietly seeing myself out of conversations when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that for me, I am a very outspoken person and I pride myself in that. But in these situations, I find myself not acting that way. And that's where I start to get more anxious and I start to feel bad about myself because I'm like, why am I... Why am I not being true to myself? Why Mm -hmm. am I not standing up for people that I care about in this situation? And part of what I do to plan for these situations is, (laughs) well, part of this is just anxiety, but I think very long and hard about all of the people I'm going to see and all of the potential conversations that could happen and try to come up with ways to react to each of those. That's probably not the most healthy way to go about it. But I think coming up with a few small actions, like what you just said, like nonchalantly walking out of the room can be really helpful. And that's probably something I'm going to take into, (laughs) like I'm going to try to use when I am traveling for the holidays. Um, Because I think that's small things. And and for me anyway, that would be much less anxiety inducing than trying to like speak up in a certain conversation because sometimes I'm around people I don't know that well Mm -hmm. or that I care very much about and that I don't want to cause like I don't want to rock the boat with and so it would be much easier for me to just sort of walk out of the room and yeah. even if you have to say like oh I have a phone call or you know if they say where are you going and you just say going to the bathroom something simple like right. that that isn't really causing a scene I think that's really important is, is planning ahead those few little actions that you know you can take that will still be comfortable for you that aren't necessarily getting into an argument with someone about something.
0: Right right and if you do feel kind of strong enough and comfortable enough. And then it's all very time and place based. And I don't always Mm -hmm. do this, but I sort of (laughs) pair it out the way things will go too. I think that's, I think that's helpful because I think that a lot of times that at least my anxiety is focused on the anticipation of feeling anxiety or the anticipation of feeling some negative bad feeling that i don't want to feel more so than like the anxiety and anticipation of feeling that way i think is sometimes more intense to me than actually feeling whatever feeling itself it is be it sad that someone doesn't understand something or marginalized or whatever it helps me to kind of play out the worst case scenarios and i don't mean Like letting my mind run amok and catastrophizing. I mean more strategically being like, you know what? What's the worst case? What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. So so so-and-so calls a scene. Okay, we can handle that. That's been done before. So that kind of helps me.
1: Yeah, and I think in general, um, aside from very specific situations where someone just says something that you don't agree with or Mm -hmm. that isn't okay, um, there are, for me, situations where I feel anxiety and just planning to feel that anxiety, even if there isn't necessarily like a triggering moment, how you're going to react to that. So for me, (laughs) I mean, this is kind of a trigger, but seeing a lot of people from high school can bring back old feelings of anxiety that I had a lot in high school, or just reconnecting with a lot of people you haven't seen in a while can be really, really exhausting. Yeah. And that causes me anxiety and having a plan for stepping out of that situation This goes along with self-assessment too. Recognizing when you're starting to feel anxiety in a particular situation or whatever you're feeling, whether it's like bringing back old feelings of depression, if you have trauma and something's triggering you, recognizing when you're starting to have that feeling and planning to step away when it happens. So like if I'm out at the bar and I see people that I don't want to see or that, that cause me anxiety being comfortable saying hey I'm going to leave now and maybe my friends aren't going to come with me but for me that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And and having that plan for how you will do that. Yeah. So in addition to that I think just part of reconnecting with a lot of old people a lot of <laughs> a lot of old people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are reconnecting with a lot of old people yeah, potentially.
1: <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um but reconnecting with people that you haven't seen in a while. <laughs> Uh, One thing that you are likely going to deal with, I know I deal with this a lot, is uh, answering the same questions over and over again, Mm -hmm. such as, how's work? What do you do again? Or if you're still in school, how's school going? Do you have a job yet? Those questions for me were always Mm anxiety-inducing. There are a lot of people from home and from other places that I know that aren't lawyers and they have different experiences in their career, so they don't necessarily understand how stressful it can be to just have someone simply ask, do you have a job yet? Or do you know what you're doing after graduation? <laughs> because there's already so much pressure in school. There, I already had so much internal pressure that I was putting on myself to figure those things out for myself that having to answer those questions when I didn't really have an answer or my answer was just, I don't know, was terrifying and caused me so much anxiety and i think a way that i started to deal with this was crafting a bit of an elevator pitch and this is something that um our friends on law school after dark also talked about in their thanksgiving episode so we're kind of piggybacking off of that but i think this is something that we do already anyway and we had already planned on talking about so that's that's one thing that has worked for me it's just coming up with like a 30 second statement about where you are. Yeah. Whether it's like for me, it's oh, I'm a healthcare attorney. And then the next question is always, oh, so you're like a medical malpractice attorney, <laughs> like yeah. you're just offending doctors. No, I do a lot of transactional work, a lot of drafting and reviewing contracts and negotiating deals, stuff like that. Very simple, um, easy for almost anyone to understand. And then hopefully at that point, you don't have to keep answering a bunch of questions (laughs) some family members will keep
0: hammering but I always felt like kind of guilt for feeling anxiety over that stuff too and I think it happened more in law school because you know because as law students you do so many different things quickly like per semester you're doing one externship one semester and another Mm -hmm. next so people want to stay updated with your lives and it's like a sweet kind of like innocuous like interested statement about like oh what are you doing like have you found a job yet like and I don't think that those questions were ill-intentioned or anything so I kind of always felt guilty about feeling anxiety about like oh my goodness don't ask that like why are they asking this like um but I think the elevator pitch for sure helped the elevator pitch still helps
1: yeah, and and with the elevator pitch, sometimes I find that when I am home and I'm having the same conversation over and over again with multiple people, it will evolve like over the few days that I'm home. I don't it's it's not that I write out a script and I say word for word what I'm going to say to someone. It's more of just thinking ahead and having those few points in your mind of like how you can explain what you do at a base level without going into too much detail because as lawyers, most of us do very, very different things. And, you know, Laura and I are a great example. We're both healthcare attorneys, but we do completely different things. Mm-hmm. And to to someone who isn't as familiar with our jobs, like saying healthcare attorney sounds, like I said, like a medical like malpractice attorney. Yeah. They're all gonna think, or they're gonna think that we all do the same thing and we don't. So figuring out a way to, very simply explain what you do. For me, it helps to just summarize like what most of my days consist of. Like yeah. I said, drafting and reviewing contracts, negotiating deals. Just breaking it down. Yeah.
0: Breaking it down. I think it's probably also useful to craft an elevator pitch for why whatever family member is bringing you some weird, obscure legal issue, why yeah. you are not equipped to handle that. And yes. I think this especially goes for law students with like UPL, like unauthorized practice of law stuff. I think I got more legal help requests actually in law school than I do now, which is kind of weird. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) I had someone message me and ask if I can help with their divorce. Yeah. I was like, no. I've had
0: two divorce.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: It's just, it's just sort of a lot. It's just not knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I, I, I still regularly get kind of like very, off-the-beaten-path legal request things. And I feel like it's always useful to craft your elevator pitch about that, too, to make it, like, not seem personal, that you're just, like, you know, being rude and not helping them or something. I don't know. I had somebody ask the other day if I could, like, help them craft a real estate empire with, quote, complex real estate transactions. But they wanted me to just, I think in their head, they just thought that lawyers proofread. So they were like, you can just proofread it and like we can just develop this and I was like what are you talking about (laughs) what no no like first yeah I I would love to devote (laughs) my uncompensated time to whatever crazy concoction you're boiling up in not my state of practice um but yeah having an having an elevator pitch about UPL Mm -hmm. about um how you know maybe your firm or your in-house job or wherever you at probably doesn't permit that kind of aid anyway and I always like to have the like legal aid Mm -hmm. hotline like in my back pocket to give out that's a good idea like I always give that out especially especially for the cases that I'm actually like oh man like I really feel for this person that's a really rough time and I literally I'm not
1: comfortable and I am not equipped to help a lot of those cases so yeah and I think crafting an elevator pitch can apply to a lot of industries right like one of my best friends from home is a nurse, and I have a vague understanding of what nursing school was like for her and what her day to day is like. But most of the time, when she's talking about details, I don't fully understand it. And for us, it's fine. She's my best friend. We have like hour long conversations on the phone. But for purposes of like being at the bar and answering a couple questions for someone about how nursing school is, I think your main answer is like, it's really hard. I'm really busy. I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm terrified. Oh <laughs> sounds the time. like my nursing school experience. Exactly. So, yeah. Wait, did you go to nursing school? I did. Yeah. Oh my
0: god, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Pre-law school. Oh, I wow. made a hard pivot towards not that because yeah. that was not the field for me, but yeah.
1: But all, and then like if you're practicing nursing, mm-hmm. people are going to ask like, "Oh, what what department in the hospital are you in and what uh like what do you do?" And again just coming up with a very simple answer like oh I'm in labor and delivery I help doctors deliver babies and just leaving it at that because of course what you do is so much more complicated than that but like for other people that aren't doing that day to day they're not necessarily going to understand it and if you have anxiety it might be stressful to try to answer a bunch of different questions when you're out at the bar just trying to have fun so I think crafting that elevator pitch no matter what industry you're in can be really helpful
0: yeah I agree so is that it? I mean, we are in summation. Yeah, holidays. Yeah, have a plan. Set boundaries. Set your boundaries. Set your routines if routines something that works for you or yep. otherwise just free bird about like <laughs> me. Um but maybe focus more on setting those boundaries or other things that you can do to stay true to yourself. Craft your elevator pitches. Yes, whether your you're pitches. a student or a lawyer or in any profession, I think it's helpful.
1: Yeah, and don't forget about mental health. Don't let it take the back burner. I think I tend to do that, especially when I am having a lot of fun in a certain situation. You know, we talked about drinking. Um, a very common way for my friends to hang out is to all meet at a local bar because our town is very small. Most of us are home for the holidays. We don't have like a apartment or something. We live all over. We can't really have like ten of our friends at our parents' house late at night. Um, and, and I tend to forget what we talked about last week About drinking a lot And then having a lot of anxiety And then feeling uncomfortable And just in general When I'm going a million miles a minute Trying to see a bunch of different people I forget to like take that deep breath Do a self-assessment of like Oh shit, my anxiety's really high. Like maybe I should just not go out tonight, or maybe I should just tell this person I can't meet them for lunch today because mm-hmm. I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, Don't overbook
0: yourself. Yeah, or and try I, not to. That's hard. That's yeah. hard to not. But
1: and it's part of setting boundaries. It's part of having a plan. It's part of self-assessing on an ongoing basis. I think last week we talked a lot about doing a self-assessment, and the homework was to to identify you know things that you're feeling but i think it's something we should j- be doing on an ongoing basis. It's yeah. not something you do once and then you go see a therapist and you're fixed. I think it's an ongoing thing. And when you're in a different situation, it's probably a good I- a good idea to do a self-assessment and say what is this situation making me feel? Yeah. And i think that's really important when you're home for the holidays, especially for me, my mental health journey is really new. I don't want to just go home and forget about all the progress I've made Mm -hmm. which is why when I was home for Thanksgiving or when I was with my family for Thanksgiving the one thing I made sure I did aside from my skincare routine and and my coffee in the morning was taking my medication at the same time every night Mm -hmm. Um, I I had an alarm on. well I didn't actually even have an alarm on my phone I just made sure to to stay to keep a very conscious mind about what time it was and I mean we were in a house All day, every day anyway, so it's easier. I take it at bedtime. Um, but but sticking to those routines and and keeping your mental health at the forefront of your mind, I think is really important. Oh, and there was one other thing I wanted to talk about was uh working during the holidays. Mm, Oh yeah. I think as lawyers, there is a lot of pressure to work through the holidays. I know one person who had a partner in his firm tell him that There are no off days for attorneys. The work doesn't end. Just because the office is closed doesn't mean you shouldn't be working. Right. And yeah, and that's fine. Like there are certain times where you're going to have to do work when you don't want to be doing work. But I think it's really important to give yourself the flexibility to take a day off, to spend time with your family or your friends or yourself or do whatever it is that you want to do this is a time of year that all of that is so important because you might be traveling a lot. There's a lot, like you have a lot of planning to do for, for whatever you're doing for certain holidays, whether it's buying gifts, um, can be an expensive time of year. And I think it's also a mentally taxing time of year for, sure. for a lot of us too. There's, no matter what, even if they're happy
0: emotions, there's always a lot of emotions in general this time of year. And especially for people who have like lost people recently, obviously. Yep. And, I don't know, people who are feeling lonely or maybe they've had a change in circumstance, etc. I feel like the holidays just sort of heighten whatever good or bad things you Mm -hmm. might be experiencing. So kind of being gentle with yourself and, again, self-assessing and recognizing that, hey, you know, Christmas this year might be a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a time of year where we have all spent almost an entire year working our butts off to meet our billable hours, to get work done for clients, to get stuff done for our peers and our colleagues and our superiors and I think it's a time of self-reflection and I think it's a time where where we should all feel comfortable sitting back and saying okay I put a lot of work in I'm gonna take two days off I'm gonna take Christmas Eve off and the day after Christmas for travel or for relaxation or for whatever it is Mm -hmm. just just to give yourself that time to like step away from work.
0: Yeah, I I think think it I think it'll be good for your work coming back to it. too. It always is. You're coming back with a clear and fresher rested mind. You never think it is in the forefront or at least I don't. I'm kind of I always feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm wasting time, etc. But I do usually return to whatever feeling kind of like refreshed and more ready to tackle whatever
1: list I have. So, yep. And when you go those few days without communicating with that certain client that's been really bugging you for the last (laughs) two weeks, it helps you come back and not have as much of a chip on your shoulder. (laughs) You're just like a nicer person in general. Yeah. Yeah. Kinder. But yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, Have a plan. Set your boundaries. Stick to your routines if that's what works for you. Craft your elevator pitch and and feel comfortable stepping away from work. Yeah. It's a time for. Happy Pills and homework. Cool. Yeah. My happy pill this week is that we put up our Christmas tree this weekend. That's super cute. Yeah. We poured a couple glasses of wine. And this was our first time, like, actually decorating a tree. Last year, we were in our house, but we had just moved in. Uh, We had, like, a small tree, but we didn't really have time or money to purchase a tree and all the decorations that go along with it. Um, So we spent our Saturday night with a couple of glasses of wine, got a new tree, spent some time decorating it, and then just like relaxed and watched um, Watchmen. I don't know if you've (laughs) watched Watchmen. It's really freaking good. Um, But yeah, so I'm, I'm just excited that this time of year is here. I love turning on the Christmas tree every night and just like looking at it, it's so pretty. Um, but yeah, that was it. Just yeah. Very simple. What What's about you? Uh, relatedly, I also got a tree, but like Yay. I'm a purist. I'm a real tree a real girl. Tree? Uh, yeah. I would love to if I trusted my dog not <laughs> to destroy it. And because we travel so much, I feel like it would just die. Yeah. In our I'm ready room. for the
0: dying. I literally leave that thing up until like March. I honestly made it till March last year. It was, it was crusty. Wow. He was a crusty pine needle bunch, but he made it. I love barely. it. Barely. I just love a real tree, and my dog also. I know it was long. It was long. I usually wait till February, but March was a March was a push. Um, It's my dog's like favorite watering bowl every year, so the tree (laughs) dies extra fast because it never has water because Willow (laughs) licks the piney flavored water. I don't know. It's something she's been doing for forever. So, um, yeah, that's a happy hill of mine. I'm looking forward to all like the, um, the friendship time I'm getting this week. So obviously my self-care partner, that's a weekly, that's a weekly, um, date. Um, but yeah, I have a couple of friend things coming up this week and this weekend, the, um, LPC in training is coming up (laughs) to celebrate her birthday. So we'll do like the Christmas tree lighting. I think like four or five of us are going to get tattoos together
1: oh dang i know i'm just a
0: risky girl nowadays so um yeah i'm
1: looking forward to that so yeah that's my happy pill short and sweet cool awesome um all right i think homework
0: hey self-care partners just a reminder to subscribe rate us and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform
1: and if you don't mind, give us a follow on Instagram at Emotion for Mental Health and like us on Facebook. If you want to participate in our conversation, slide into our DMs or shoot us an email at Emotion for Health at gmail.com. Talk, Talk to you soon.
0: Homework. Your homework, guess what, <laughs> is to set a damn plan. Yep. Right? Settle plan for, a for the plan. holidays, guys.
1: Set your boundaries. Craft your pitches. Think about your routines that you want to stick to if you have them, like me. Um, Take a day off, maybe. Yes, take a day off. Reflect on how far you've come. I think that's
0: so important. Mm -hmm. I tend to get lost in the weeds all the time. Yeah. And always stepping back and, like, focusing on maybe they weren't like goals you set out for for the year or something but like I don't know like take take stock of your bigger accomplishments and stuff whether they be work related or otherwise I think it's important yep agreed all
1: right um subscribe like rate do all those fun things follow us on instagram slide into DMs. slide into the dms send us an email our instagram is at emotion for mental health our email is emotion for mental health at gmail.com like us on facebook um yeah interact with us talk to us please yeah. enjoy your holidays whatever holiday you celebrate have so much fun i hope it's a relaxing time like i said last week for everyone uh thanks yeah thank you guys talk to you soon talk to you soon bye, bye.